Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Living Well with Janet, where we explore what it means to live well. I'm your host, Janet, a yogi, meditator, plant-forward eater, and all-around wellness enthusiast. I'm also a second-generation Asian-American woman, an experimenter, and a deep thinker. Join me in my conversations and contemplations on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and environmental aspects of living well. This summer season, I have been hearing and seeing the term healing girl summer everywhere. So in today's episode, I want to dig into this concept. What exactly is healing girl summer? How do I relate to this concept in my own life at this very moment? And I'll share with you some specific healing girl summer practices that I'm doing. So healing girl summer is a concept of taking a season to focus on tending to yourself for yourself. A couple of summers ago, you might remember the term hot girl summer. That was the it term. And, you know, I was thinking about why those past summers were hot girl summer and why this summer might be a healing girl summer. So I think hot girl summer was kind of this reaction to post-COVID times, right? We were all isolating and people were just ready to get out, like almost compulsively wanting to go out onto the beaches, go to pool parties, go to social activities, get-togethers. It was all about yourself in relation to other people, giving off your hottest, most confident vibe to others. It was very external and extroverted. But once we got all that pent-up energy and need to socialize and party out of our systems, it's now the morning after, and as we're cleaning up those empty cups, tossing out the pizza boxes, maybe nursing a hangover, we find ourselves back at home. Party of one, just us and our thoughts and an opportunity to go inward. This is where Healing Girl Summer comes in. It is all about taking both the time and the space to prioritize your relationship with yourself, taking the time to introspect and learn how to love yourself before you can properly love anyone else. It's about taking care of you, getting that quality rest and relaxation. Not to say that healing is a lazy, soft, or even really relaxing thing. In fact, It usually involves a good amount of discomfort and struggle, but like that workout that makes you grunt, grimace, or curse as you're doing it, the end result is oh so beautiful. A halo of energy and confidence in your own ability. This concept of Healing Girl Summer is reminding me of a short poem that recently caught my attention. The poem is by Emery Hall, and it goes like this. 
Make peace with all the women you once were. Lay flowers at their feet. Offer them incense and honey and forgiveness. Honor them and give them your silence. Listen, bless them and let them be. For they are the bones of the temple you sit in now. For they are the rivers of wisdom leading you toward the sea. Once again, that poem is by Emery Hall and it's from her book, I Have Been a Thousand Different Women. What a concept. I love this idea that all of us have these past versions of ourselves that have created our present versions, which allow us to then create our future versions. And when it comes to healing, I think it is paramount. It's critical that you have to confront your past. And I think a good way to ground and anchor how to go about doing that is to think about yourself as different versions at different periods. Who were you in the past in different ways that made you who you are today? Which brings me to my first Healing Girl Summer exercise. So talking about exploring past versions of ourselves, I think it is really useful and can be very healing to return to old places or neighborhoods that have played a significant role in your life and see what it brings up. For example, this past week, I decided to take an afternoon to visit an old neighborhood. So during my late 20s, I spent a lot of time around Santa Monica and Venice when I was in Chinese medicine school. And there was this one particular block that I would walk along a lot. Um, I often parked along there when I had time between classes. And I would shop at some of the grocery stores, go to the, some of the places to eat. And there was a specific coffee shop that I went to a lot to study. So I took a visit back to that same neighborhood. Now, of course, a lot of these specific shops and stores had changed. And even the coffee spot that I went to is now more of like a bar and restaurant. But still, there was the general vibe of the place was very much Venice. You know, there was like a new store, but it was an herbal apothecary store. So I was like walking from my car to the cafe and, you know, walked in and got to kind of see all these different herbs and, you know, getting to see all the colorful street art and the people zooming by on their scooters. It reminded me of that period of my life. Uh, when I was in a big period of transition, but also really excited on the precipice of something new. I eventually ended up at the coffee shop where I used to study a lot. And like I shared, it's now kind of morphed into more of this like restaurant bar setup. And I took a seat in the very same spot where there was a table that I used to always sit at. But now they had changed up their setup, so it, the closest thing in that area was like a bar, basically. But I still got, you know, I ordered my like tea and I was sitting at the bar and I was just kind of soaking in everything about the environment and reflecting on remembering who I was when I used to come to this place. And that version of myself had just come out of this time of lots of deep transition. I had, you know, moved back from New York City and uh, had, I think, had changed careers now like three or four times. I was trying to get back into the mindset of a student, diving deeply into this new career direction of Chinese medicine, studying. I was reading physiology books and stuff, which was not at all what I like studied in college. And that just reminded me of this past version of myself who was so strong and had so much stamina and ability to endure and work through change. And being in that physical space also reminded me of what characteristics bring me a sense of peace and also make me feel inspired. You know, being in coffee shop areas, 
being in a lively and natural neighborhood, being in spots where there's a lot of healthy food available and there's a lot of like a variety of shops. So I found all of that to be really positive to help remind me of those things. The second place that I visited recently is actually my downtown apartment which I'm actually in at this very moment as I'm recording this episode. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you will remember that all throughout COVID and all the way through to 2021, I was living in my downtown LA apartment. And after being here through COVID and isolating and spending all that time in this space, I was so itching and ready to get out. Like for a good year, year and a half, I was just already feeling very uninspired by the space, feeling kind of trapped and you know, I was really looking for some new space and new energy. And also, I'm generally someone who moves every few years. I'm kind of nomadic in that way. And at that point, I had been in my downtown LA apartment for like five over five years. So I was really, really looking for a different spot and so just repelled. I and mean, repelled is a strong word, but I, I was just definitely feeling kind of like stifled from the space. But recently, I came back to this space And to my pleasant surprise, it felt really nice. Like I stepped back in through that door and I walked down my hall. And as I approached that window and the main space and everything was getting closer and closer, I felt the sense of like, ah, it's me. Not necessarily, oh, it's home. Because it wasn't quite a feeling of like comfort or safety. But it was like, oh, this place, those plants, that shelf, This dining room table, the way that that desk sits directly in this space against, you know, my couch in that corner, that is all me. This space and all the items in it were curated by me and it's a personification of me in this space. And I think this reaction was so meaningful to me because, you know, I've been living with someone for the first time in a really long time for the past like six months to a year now. And anyone who has had to kind of like share space after a long time of not, it's a lot to really blend your life with someone. And I was so used to this concept of us and our space, and this is our apartment. And being back in this space, the space that used to make me feel so stifled, suddenly made me feel so reflective about who I was as an individual versus who I am as a couple. It's nice to know that Perhaps you don't really outgrow places because there are pieces of you that always will connect to it. So I think it's a great exercise if you're looking for some like time to self-reflect is to go back to a space maybe that at one time you felt was so you, but then you felt like really burnt out on it and you were getting like kind of annoyed by it. And then now come back and see if your relationship with it has changed. My second Healing Girl Summer practice is journaling. So I think by now, most of us know that journaling is an amazing tool for self-reflection. It is amazing for healing. It is amazing for self-development, for growth, all of the things. Me personally, I am not someone who journals consistently all of the time. Instead, I find that I pick up journaling during certain periods when I am feeling really like pent up or feeling like I have a lot in my mind and I'll just take, you know, whether it's just that week or maybe it's like a month or a couple of months to journal pretty frequently and I find that it really helps me track my train of thoughts because when I get in my head, I am someone who can overthink a lot and get lost in my thoughts and kind of get caught in like circular thinking or sometimes 
find myself like spiraling to conclusions that maybe are not the most like rational. And so if you find yourself doing that too, I think that writing things down and journaling with like an analog notebook and a pen, which is so different than being on a computer because oftentimes you associate that with work, but taking the time to do that and process things, I find can be incredibly healing and really good for self-reflection. And to take this exercise a step further, I will once in a while review my journal entries and underline keywords or themes in order to look for patterns. Sometimes I'll do that like in a single session, like I'll just start writing and I journal really stream of consciousness. So sometimes it's just like random chunks and paragraphs and all different things, but I'll go through and I kind of like underline things that um, I really wanted to emphasize or things that I'm seeing repeated. And I think that it can be helpful for you to after a journaling session, when you kind of come up from it, you're like, wait, what did I really talk about? It can help you kind of figure out that summary to go back and look for those key terms. Or if you're kind of in a period of wanting to like get a bigger picture, when you feel like you're so maybe focused in on your thoughts right now and you want to pull back and kind of do a big overview, you can flip back to maybe the last time you did journal and read through those entries and maybe look for some key terms and you'll get a sense of like, whoa, maybe like, hey, I've actually improved a lot. Like I was in not that great of a place before or I'm seeing these differences. Or maybe you you will find things in your past journals that you're like, I want to get back to that place. But yeah, I think journaling is a great exercise in self-reflection and taking it a step further is to look for patterns in the entries that you make. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. My third Healing Girl Summer practice is around horoscopes. So not everyone is into horoscopes, I understand, but I personally am. And if you're not, you can kind of skip ahead to the next one. But if you are interested, I want to share that more recently, I have been looking and referring more to my rising sign versus my sun sign. So usually when you look at horoscopes, either in magazines or online, they go based off of your sun sign, which is based off of your birth month. Typically, there are actually three key signs within your birth chart. There's a sun sign, which is the one that we're usually familiar with, and it represents our essence as individuals. There is your moon sign, which is your inner emotional self. And then there's your rising sign, which is actually how you show up in the world. It's kind of what your first impression that you give off to other people is. And while the sun sign is based off of your birth month, in order to find your rising sign, you actually have to know the exact time of your birth and the location, like the city that you were born in. 
So it's a lot more exact than your sun sign. So a lot of people actually suggest that for horoscopes, you first read the horoscope for your rising sign because it's more specific and more applicable to what's happening in your life at the moment. And then you go to your sun sign, which is actually a bigger picture, more general horoscope. So your rising sign is supposed to relate to how you navigate life, like your skills, your talents, your strategies that you adopt in your life, how you perceive reality. So it relates to like themes, cycles, and patterns that will show up over and over again in how you live your life. It's more attuned to the real day-to-day life because it determines where all the houses are of your life are set up in your birth chart. So part of why I've been into this recently is not so much for the daily or even monthly horoscopes. It's more about the profile of the signs themselves. I'm someone who's really into like personality and people analysis and self-knowledge. So for me, I have, you know, followed my sun sign Virgo for a while. And I feel like I have exhausted my understanding of Virgo. Like I have read every profile there is, listened to every podcast, been exposed to so many descriptions. I mean, I know I haven't seen everything, but... I kind of feel like I've tapped out on any more personal insight that I could gain from the Virgo profile. So I started referring to my rising sign, which is actually Aries. And Aries is actually super different than Virgo. Virgo is earth and maternal and perfectionistic. Aries is like fire, aggressive, independent, and it's the first sign of the astrological order. And I'm at a place in my life right now where I think I'm on the precipice of like another personal shift. And I'm digging the more assertive, don't follow the crowd, take action vibe as a form of inspiration for myself. And I'm starting to use this Aries profile as more of a guide now and letting that inspire a more assertive energy for myself. So if you are someone who's also kind of going through a point of transition or, you know, you're going through your healing girl summer and you're looking for a deeper level of self-understanding beyond just your sun sign, maybe consider looking into your rising sign for some inspiration. My fourth healing girl summer practice is listening to podcasts for inspiration. Oftentimes I seek inspiration from other people's stories or from learning new things. And there are a couple of episodes that I'll point out to you directly that in this past summer season have been really interesting to me and maybe you'll find them interesting too. So the first one is Huberman Lab, which is hosted by Dr. Andrew Huberman. He is a tenured professor of neurobiology at Stanford School of Medicine, and he does a lot of studies on the brain as it relates to stress, focus, fear, and also optimal performance. His thing is he basically takes like really complex science ideas and he tries to simplify them down for popular consumption. So a lot of his episodes can get really technical and sciencey, but one I recently listened to that I found really inspiring was an episode with Dr. Maya Shankar, How to Shape Your Identity and Goals. Maya Shankar is a cognitive scientist and she's also a former senior advisor to the White House and the chair of the White House social and behavioral sciences team. During the Obama administration, she led behavior science there. So this conversation was a lot more around like psychology and passion and motivation. So she used to be a violinist who like attended Juilliard. So super talented, very skilled. And she talks about passion and defines it and describes it in this like very visceral experience of awe type of way in a very artistic way. And then also because she's a cognitive scientist, she also gets into some of the the more like technical descriptions of passion. She also talks about different leadership styles and goal setting as well. So I just found that one was really interesting and I would definitely recommend it as a podcast for inspiration. 
Another podcast that I would suggest is Move With Heart, hosted by Melissa Wood Tepperberg. She is a health and wellness creator focused on mindful movement and meditation. And on her podcast, she shares her personal experiences as well as conversations with some of her mentors. So she did an episode with a very good friend of hers, and it was titled Navigating Anxiety and Finding Strength Through Struggles with Trish Barilla. It was really fun to listen to these two women who are longtime friends talk about their relationships with anxiety and how they connected over that. They talk about how they first met and their personal relationship, which is also an interesting story, how it's very unexpected because they're both such different people, and yet they connected over their struggle with anxiety, even though each person's anxiety expresses very differently, but nevertheless being able to connect over that. And being able to find a friendship with someone who is able to understand your struggle and able to be very honest with you in your life as well, being able to tell you the things when it's sometimes hard to hear. And their relationship actually reminded me a lot of the relationship that I have with my good friend, Drushti, who we've had on the podcast. So if you are looking for a good listen between two friends that also talk about the realities of mental health and how you can connect with people who are really different than you and even experience anxiety differently, but because you both have vulnerability in a similar way that you can connect. So that's another great one to check out. A third one is a podcast called Know Thyself, which is a spirituality and philosophy podcast and deals with questions that are, you know, the very like big level, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? In episode 60, Visions for a More Beautiful World, a wake-up call with Charles Eisenstein. This one is a little woo-woo, but if you're willing to go there and you're someone who digs philosophy as well as economics and spirituality, he is a fascinating person to listen to speak. He offers this very high-level summary of what is happening in the world. Consider everything from the economy, politics, climate change, health, spirituality, all of it. And he tracks it back to the work that he did during the Robert Kennedy presidential candidate period. And his kind of storytelling and his like takeaways are really unique in terms of how he views our current situation in the world. And he offers also a vision for the future. Not only that, but his personal story that he talks about and his work is also really inspiring. And I just found this episode to be both intellectually interesting, but also spiritually inspiring. The last podcast I want to throw in there is for anyone who's interested in astrology. I've been listening to Astrology of the Week with Channing Nichols that comes out every Sunday night for a while now. And they're just short 15-minute weekly episodes where she focuses on what to expect for the week ahead. And it's not by your horoscope. It's actually just kind of giving like a summary of that week ahead based off of the general placement of astrological stars and the state of the world. So if you're into astrology and you want to take it a a level deeper beyond a horoscope, I would definitely recommend checking that one out. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
So now that we've gone over a bunch of exercises and practices to really help us reflect and be inspired, we're seeing that having a healing girl summer can actually be a lot of work. To give me the energy to get through these practices, I also want to share how I have been caffeinating over my healing girl summer. This is where I want to talk about matcha. So I know matcha is, it's been around and it's been a thing for a while, but up until recently, I had actually been enjoying it as more of like a treat or every once in a while versus a basic staple. For a while, I was still drinking coffee pretty regularly as a way to kind of get my caffeine in the mornings. But over the past year or so, I've been switching over to matcha and I've been finding that I've been getting a more desirable energy boost. I feel that sense of being awake and engaged, but not in this like crazy amped up way that sometimes can happen when you have too much coffee. And as a tip, if you're transitioning over, because for a while, matcha still wasn't giving me quite the same level of energy as coffee did, I would just drink more matcha. So say, for example, you're typically a like one coffee in the morning type of person. You can just shift it to having maybe like two cups of matcha in in the place. And I find that you can get, you know, a nice level of energy without that kind of like buzzy anxiousness. Another tip is if you're not into like matcha lattes, and especially with summer weather, you can do a bunch of other combinations with matcha. I recently had a matcha lemonade, and that was delicious. Uh, You can also do matcha coconut water. So I don't know, I just, I've been finding that matcha has been an amazing way to give you sustained energy so that you can get through all of the work that it requires to have a healing girl summer, but still feel like you're doing something that is better for your body. The brand that I've been drinking is Sayaka Rich Matcha from Ipuro Tea. I get the 40 gram can from Amazon. And I actually discovered this brand through Veggiekins, who is uh, an amazing vegan and matcha content creator. So shout out to Veggiekins. Thank you so much for introducing me to this brand. It is now my go-to and I have it almost every morning. So those are some of the ways that I have been living my Healing Girl Summer this year. If you have also been having a Healing Girl Summer, I would love if you would share in the comments some of your practices. We can trade back and forth and also let that inspire us maybe into the fall. I know it's near the end of summer, but it is never the wrong time to have a Healing Girl fall, Healing Girl winter, Healing Girl season. And that wraps today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern day Asian American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on this same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double and the letter U. Catch you all in the next one.